welcome to the podcast of Follow Baptist Church. Our vision and mission is to follow Jesus in our community for His glory. We hope and pray that you are blessed, challenged and inspired by this message. For more information on Follow Church, you can visit our website at www.followchurch.com.au. We have two Bible readings this morning. The first will be John 14, verses 23 and 24, and the second is John 15, verses 9 to 17. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and he will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And secondly... As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do as I command. I no longer call you servants because a master does not because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Good morning, everyone. And thank you, Nathan. And thank you, worship team. That was fantastic. Hey, um, some time ago, I had a dream. Not like Martin Luther King, but um, a, a different sort of a dream. I dreamed that I died and went to heaven. And I was, one of the angels was showing me around heaven and I saw a whole lot of people and most people were on their own, but some people were like handcuffed to each other at the wrist, which I thought was a bit unusual. And then much to my surprise, I saw Ray Gunton, one of our elders, and he was handcuffed to a woman who was not his wife. And I thought maybe it's, you know, something to do with his work. And I asked the angel, what's the story there? And the angel said, well, you know, Ray Gunton, he was a Christian, so he gets to go to heaven, but... He did a couple of things in his life, you know, in his younger days that, you know, just... So he gets to come to heaven, but he has to spend eternity handcuffed. And um, I've got to say, this was not Tash. This was an uh, a unattractive and nagging woman. She was, uh, you know, and I could tell Ray was, you know, a little running out of patience. And anyway, I thought, oh, my goodness, thank goodness I didn't do some of the things I was tempted to do. So anyway, a little bit further along, and I saw Abel, Abel Dumitri. Now, Abel was also handcuffed to a woman, and she was, well, she was a, you know, one of those real negative, whinging, complaining, sucking, nagging, you know, and Abel's a patient guy with, full of joy, but even Abel was, you know, rolling his eyes, and I thought, poor, poor bloke. I said to the angel, what's the story? And the angel said, well, Abel was a Christian. He just shook his head. Some of the things Abel did in his life. So he gets to come to heaven, but he's got to spend eternity handcuffed to that woman. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Anyway, a little bit further along, I saw Rowan Walker. Now, 
Now, Rowan was also handcuffed to a woman, but, but she was beautiful. I mean, she was a, not just physically, but in personality. She just had this, you know, smile that could light up the whole room. Just one of those people that's filled with joy. One of those people that everyone wants to hang around with. Just a, a really lovely woman. And I thought, go Rowan. <laughs> and I, I said to the angel, what's the story there? And the angel just shook his head sadly. He said, oh, that woman. Oh, she was a Christian, but man. <laughs> Anyway, I'm quite sure that heaven, heaven won't actually be like that. But on this earth at least, there are consequences for the things that we do. Uh, my family, we love to play board games and one of my favourites is Monopoly. And if you've played Monopoly, you'll know that there's a, one card you can pick up. It's the get out of jail free card. Now in our culture, that's be kind of become a thing now to have a get-out-of-jail-free card to avoid the consequences of your actions. You can do whatever you want, and if it goes wrong, you just, you know, you've got the get-out-of-jail-free card and you get away with it. Of course, in the game, it's not actually that great. You still have to go to jail, don't you? When you land on the go-to-jail square, it just means you save yourself the $50 to get out. But you still go to jail. You still, it still messes you up. And some people in life think of God as like this giant get-out-of-jail-free card. They think, I can just live my life, do whatever I want to do, just carry on, and if things go bad, I'll just turn to God and say, hey, God, bail me out, and if God doesn't help me out, then it's all his fault. You might have met people who have that kind of an attitude. But God is not just a get-out-of-jail-free card. God is God. God is loving, he's merciful, he's patient, he's forgiving, but he's also God of holiness. He's righteous. He's just. God is worthy of our respect and our devotion and our worship and he's also worthy of our obedience. And Jesus said, if anyone loves me, they will obey my teaching. And this was important to Jesus. If you read through chapter 14 that Nathan started with, you'll see in verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. In verse 21, whoever obeys my commands is the one who loves me. In verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. So Jesus emphasises this. Now, please note, this is important to understand, that we do not earn our salvation. We do not earn forgiveness of our sins by our obedience. Our salvation, our forgiveness is a gift from God, by God's grace, which we receive simply by believing in Jesus, by putting our faith in Jesus and giving our lives to Jesus. No matter how obedient we are, we can never atone by ourselves for the things that we have done wrong. Romans chapter 6 asks the question that you may, may occur to people's minds. Well then, shall we continue to do the wrong thing so that God's grace may increase? Of course not. Absolutely not. One quote I read this week as I was preparing says that obedience is the test of discipleship. So obedience is not the trigger that causes our forgiveness and brings about our salvation, but rather obedience to God should be a symptom of the fact that we have been forgiven and been saved. And Jesus says, if anyone loves me, they will obey my teaching. So the first thing we have to ask ourselves from this passage is, do I love God? I mean, people could say, I love my wife, but then if you, you know, he never spends time with his wife and he treats her really badly and talks badly about her and he looks at porn all the time and fantasises about other women, you would start to question, does he really love his wife or is he just paying lip service? A personal example, I could say to you that I love gardening. 
someone knows me too well. Um, I, I could say that, and then you would look at the evidence of my life that I never go to the garden, and I'm very happy for Tracy to do the gardening, and I'm very happy that Tracy likes the gardening, and I'm, that suits me really, really well. And you would question the truth, quite rightly, of whether I actually love gardening, because no, I don't. And the evidence of my life reveals that. So people can say, oh, I love God, but I still want to sleep around. Oh, I love God, but I'm not going to bring any of my money to God's work. Oh, I love God, but I just hate my neighbour. I love God, but I still want to live my life, my way, on my terms, for my pleasure. If someone says, I love God, but doesn't talk to God, doesn't listen to God, doesn't read God's word, doesn't hang out with God's people, doesn't use their time and their gifts and their talents for God's work, doesn't give any of their money to God's service, doesn't live their lives in a way that brings honour and glory to God, then you start to question whether they really do love God or whether they just say they do. And Jesus said, if anyone loves me, they will obey my teaching. Now, when most people think about obeying God, you probably think about the Ten Commandments. It seems like a logical place to start, doesn't it? What does it mean to obey God? So Exodus chapter 20, if you've never read them, look them up for you later, for yourself. The first commandment is to have no other gods except God. God should be our highest priority, our first love. And the second commandment is do not worship any idol or basically don't, don't worship anything except God because God is God and the only God. All the other commandments concern the way we treat each other. One of them says, honour your father and your mother. Now, I understand that is not always easy in this world of, of uh, broken families and, and damaged relationships, and it is very true that hurting people hurt people, and sometimes parents are abusive to their own children, which is a, a, a tragedy, and it's a very sad thing. So I understand it's not always easy to honour your father and your mother. But if you have Christian parents, if you have parents who, who love Jesus, who honour God, then count your blessings and thank God for that. Especially you young people. Appreciate the fact that your parents are Christians and are bringing you up the right way. And again, for you young people, as you get a little bit older and you get to that age where you're looking for a husband or a wife and someone to share your life with, then I encourage you to look for someone who will encourage you to love God and to honour your father and your mother, to honour your parents. If someone shows an interest in you, but that, that person doesn't honour their parents or even your parents, or even worse, if that person tries to persuade you in any way to disobey God by dishonouring your parents, then ask yourself very seriously if that is the right person for you. Ask yourself, who is more important to me, God or this person who is trying to lead me astray? I hope it's an easy choice to make. Find a partner in life who will help you to love God, who will encourage you to obey God, and who will support you in serving God. It's hard enough on our own, let alone having a partner who wants to lead us astray. Another commandment is do not commit adultery. Basically, when you read the rest of the Bible and all the issues around that, Basically, keep all your sexual activity for marriage. One man, one woman for life is the best plan that God has, can come up with. So, again, young people, especially young ladies, if your boyfriend wants to sleep with you before you're married, it's not because he loves you. It certainly isn't because he loves God. And Jesus said, if you love God, 
you will obey his teachings. I'm certain, quite sure, the people at the Zoe Foundation would be delighted if everyone on earth obeyed the commandment not to commit adultery. How easy would their life be? How much better off would the whole world be? How many broken lives and ruined relationships and damaged families and heartache and broken people would there be if everyone on earth took seriously God's commandment not to commit adultery? This world would be a much, much happier place. The other commandments include do not murder, do not steal and do not lie. And again, the world would be a happier, safer place if everyone took seriously these commandments and if we all obeyed them. People, people hear about the Ten Commandments and they think the Bible is just this big list of rules and don't do this and don't do that. And they sort of say, how dare you tell me how to live my life? But in actual fact, these commandments are for our benefit. Because if we all obeyed them, we'd all be a whole lot better off. Jesus was thus one once asked, what was the greatest of all the commandments? What was the greatest? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And he said, a second commandment is like it, to love your neighbour as you love yourself. It's a great summary of all the Ten Commandments and all the other laws that God gave his people. If you all boil it down just to two key principles, love God and love other people. And Jesus said, if anyone loves me, they will obey my teaching. And as often happens when God issues an instruction, it also comes with a promise, with a, a reward for our obedience. In chapter 15 of verse 10, Jesus says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. And Jesus goes on to list three other benefits of our obedience. First of all, joy, complete joy. Secondly, we will be called friends of God. And thirdly, we will live fruitful lives. Let's unpack those three things just briefly. First of all, verse 11, Jesus says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Imagine having joy in every area of your life, in every circumstance, having the joy of God. If you've ever served down at the food van uh, with us, you will no doubt have met some people who... Some of them don't have a whole lot of joy in their lives. They've got some very difficult situations. They've faced some, you know, some hardships. And sometimes it's even hard to, to cheer them up, to give them joy in their lives. Um, if you've been there now recently, you've probably met a guy called John. John, John from Nanagoon, rides a bike. He's a great guy. I really like him. And now one day, John told me a joke. <clears throat> which is unlike John. And then I laughed and said, then he told me the same joke about four more times. But that's okay. Um, I really like John. And John's joke was, there's a, once a pilot in an aeroplane, big plane, four engines, co-pilot, lots of passengers, a long flight through the night. And they had an engine failure. So the captain, he was fine. He just adjusted a few of the controls and he got on the intercom and he said, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, we have had an engine failure, but Everything's fine. Uh, the plane is still you know, perfectly airworthy. Uh, we're just going to be a little bit slower, so we'll be a little bit delayed getting to our destination. But the co-pilot, he was really stressed. He thought, oh, I can't afford to be late. I've got things to do. Come on, this is a disaster. Oh. Anyway, a little bit further along, you wouldn't believe it. They had a second engine failure. So the captain, no worries, made a few adjustments, got on the intercom. Uh, really sorry, ladies and gentlemen. We actually had a second engine failure, but uh, don't panic. Um, we can still fly the plane. We're just going to be a little bit further delayed and I apologise for the inconvenience. But the co-pilot, he was beside himself by now, like, this is a disaster. This is the worst thing that happened. I can't afford to be late. This is awful. This is terrible. A little bit further along, 
you wouldn't read about it, but uh, they had a third engine failure. And the captain, he was calm and cool, adjusted a few of the controls, got on the intercom. You wouldn't believe it, ladies and gentlemen, we've actually had a third engine failure, but don't panic. This plane was designed to fly even on one engine, so we're still going to get there safely. We're just going to be a bit further behind, so please be patient. But the co-pilot, he just lost it completely. He said, Fanning, if we lose another one, we'll be up here all night. <laughs> anyway, the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It also tells us that joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Joy is, is a symptom of having God's Holy Spirit living inside us. So it's important to note that Jesus does not want to condemn us to a long and boring and dull existence. On the contrary, Jesus wants us to have joy and joy to the full. He wants our joy to be complete. And Jesus tells us that the way to find joy, real, lasting, true joy, is through loving God and loving others. When we get to heaven, we will indeed experience the fullness of joy and we won't be handcuffed to anybody else. But even on, on this earth, we can find joy in living for God. The second thing Jesus tells us is that we will be called friends of God. Imagine that, friends with the most high God, the almighty, the creator of the universe. We're not slaves, we're not robots, but we can be called friends of God. James chapter 2 tells us that Abraham was called a friend of God. We recently finished a series through part of the book of Genesis looking at the life of Abraham. And we heard how God called Abraham and Abraham obeyed and he followed and God blessed his life greatly and he was called a friend of God. And the same can be true for all of us. Isn't that awesome? Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the fact that you are in church on a Sunday morning is clear evidence that God has called you or is calling you to himself. In fact, I believe that God calls everyone, but we all get to choose. We can choose to accept God, to put our faith in Jesus, and to accept all that comes with that. Or we could choose, as some people sadly do, we can choose to reject God. We can choose to live, God, live life our own way, on our own terms, and accept everything that comes with that. But for those of us who do choose to accept God's call, we will be called friends of God. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So we need to understand that Jesus Christ is essential if we want to live a, a joyful, fruitful life on this earth. And Jesus Christ is absolutely essential if we want to spend eternity in heaven. Uh, quite a few years ago, uh, there was a hit song uh, on the radio, this is back in the 1980s, called Spirit in the Sky. I think actually it was first Norman Greenbaum in the 70s and then when I was growing up, Doctor and the Medics in the 1980s said this song, Spirit in the Sky. Now I'm not going to sing it for you and you'll be very pleased to know, although if I did sing you'd learn to appreciate Luke singing a little bit more, you'd realise that he's not actually the worst singer in the world. Um, me and Mr Bean, we're just, just behind him. But, um, but the, the theme of this song was that... Um, when they lay me down to die, I'm going on up to the spirit in the sky. Now, I'm convinced that God is far more than just some spirit in the sky, but there was one verse in this song that was really, really profound, really true, and really appropriate to what I'm saying this morning. This verse said, Prepare yourself. You know it's a must. You've got to have a friend named Jesus, so you know that when you die, he's going to recommend you to the spirit in the sky. Let me read that again because it's really true. Prepare yourself. 
you know it's a must. You've got to have a friend named Jesus. So you know that when you die, he is going to recommend you to the spirit in the sky. My brother and I, we lived in Ballarat. We used to go to a pizza place that had this jukebox. We used to go there quite a few times and we used to play this song over and over again. That was our witnessing to the other customers. Um, in hindsight, I'm not sure that driving them crazy with the same song was actually that effective, but, you know, but we tried. You know. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Anyway, so obedience to God will bring us joy and it means we will be called friends of God. And third... Jesus says our lives will bear fruit, real, lasting fruit. Not earthly fame or fortune or power or pleasure, but real fruit of eternal significance. A couple of weeks ago I was reading about a a writer, a young man who was very ambitious, uh, a writer. He wanted to to write stuff that would... um, you know, make a difference all around the world. He wanted to be able to write in such a way that it would prompt an emotional response from people, you know, drive them to tears or anger or frustration. And he really wanted to make, a, make a, an impact on people's lives. And now he works for Microsoft. He writes all the error, error em- messages for their computers. So, well, I thought it was funny anyway. Um, <laughs> so sometimes in this life, people achieve what they set out to achieve, but it's not actually what they wanted. You hear about that all the time. Fame, fortune, power, pleasure. People achieve it and then they, they're not satisfied, they're not fulfilled, they want more, they realise that it's not enough. It doesn't last. It's all temporary and ultimately meaningless. But Jesus wants us to bear fruit, lasting fruit, worthwhile fruit, meaningful, wholesome fruit that will last. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking about people when he says, by their fruit you will recognise them. And he continues this analogy saying, every good tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit. And God wants us to be fruitful in our lives. He wants us to bear good fruit. He wants us to make a difference, to be a blessing, to play our part, to leave a legacy. God wants us to be fruitful. And I believe that collectively as a church, God wants us to build a building that will enable us to to expand our vision, to lift our horizons, to be an ongoing permanent blessing to the community around us. And the goal, the fruit that we want to see, and it's really important to understand this, the fruit that we as a church want to see is not the building, but is the the transformed lives that we can reach as a result of having our own permanent building. We want to see people set free from slavery. And not only human trafficking and sex slavery in Southeast Asia, we want to see people in our community set free from addiction and bondage to, to poverty and, and ruined relationships and addiction and bad habits and all of those things that we, we see around us all the time. We want to be used by God to help transform our community, to serve God by loving the people around us. So we constantly have to ask each other, do we love each other as Jesus loves us? Are we laying down our lives or are we living for ourselves? Are we storing up treasures on this earth or are we storing up treasures in heaven? Now, you may recall last week was a pretty long service and we've already heard from Dave this morning, so I'm going to wrap up this sermon now unless there's any objections. No? All God's people said amen. (laughs) So to summarise today, if you love Jesus, then obey his teaching. Our love for God should be demonstrated by our obedience. The the proof should be in our action. should be demonstrated by our commitment to living God's way and not our way. And 
should be demonstrated by our love for other people. And all of this will produce a life on this earth of purpose, satisfaction and completeness. In the words of Jesus, a life of complete joy and lasting fruit. And not only that, it will also give us eternity with Jesus in heaven. And what more could we possibly ask for? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to say thank you this morning for the privilege of being not just your children, but your friends. Help us all to honour you with both our service, our worship, but also our obedience. Help us to love you and to love others. In Jesus' name. Amen.